Hey guys, you guys oh, watch the next game yesterday? How do you feel about that? <laughs> no. We're just jumping right in. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not because I was. Yeah, you did. Right. It's okay. <laughs> I watched about two minutes of it after I got back from vacation and mm -hmm. uh, made the wise decision to go grocery shopping uh, late at night. That's got smart. important groceries, uh, including the drink mix that drink the in my in my cup tonight my we want the cup cup for the new york rangers uh current successful tenants of madison square garden uh can never be both at the same time except for 1994 i'm jesse from the internet uh james is here from the internet james how are you feeling about your boston celtics right now are you are you actually believing i don't know if i'm believing yet but i'm trying to be more positive i've been already kind of uh i've been pinged a few times by other Celtics fans for being excessively negative um but because yeah like i told both you guys like i, I don't feel like none, none of this really matters right but they're, they seem like they're building championship habits at least you know so i gotta be i begrudgingly give them the the respect that they're earning might not matter but it's uh fun to be on the giving end of ass kickings rather than the receiving end. Uh, Ace is here from the internet. Ace, did you watch the Knicks in Philadelphia where they beat that ass? Um, no, actually. I've been slacking when it comes to actually catching any Knicks games. But I know that Philly is just in the doldrums of hell right now in the East. Not not a good spot for them. But love to yeah, see at least... At least they had that. At least the Knicks got that. We can all agree the Sixers are, are pretty pretty down bad right now. That's great. Hey, man, Embiid won the MVP last year. They can hold on to that forever. They sure can. There you go. All right. I have I, a – oh, go ahead, James. I just wanted to say, no, I'm not going to talk shit about Embiid because it sucks, right? Generational type player. If he'd been healthy every year, we'd be talking about maybe one of the best – like the best big man of all time, maybe, as far as statistically. Um, he's, he can't be healthy in the playoffs, and, again, he's missing a big chunk of these games and might not be ready for the playoffs again. It sucks, right? Another A big what-if in the NBA. It does suck. And, like, that's always been the thing with him, though. That's it. Like, he couldn't play his first, you know, for how long? I think he missed the first but, two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so – Love to see him when he's healthy. Hope he gets healthy. But you just know that it's it's not meant to be because that's – his body just ain't built that way. My one I'm thing with him, though, is I, I wish he was healthy because my question is, because even when he's healthy, how far do you go with a big man who can dominate on most nights, but, like, you still need somebody to get him the ball. You know what I mean? And, sure, Maxie's been amazing this year, a great, you know, uh, sidekick to him. But – I'd be curious to see how he'd be against the best teams because Joker is like one-on-one, right? Joker's on a different kind of level offensively. It's different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
We have not talked since the All-Star game, which means that we have not gotten a chance to go over some of the... Uh, well, what we need to do is is to you know be the last on the train of saying the All Star Game needs to be fixed, and by last on the train I mean last on the train uh, for all time. I have a game to play with you guys tonight. I have five historic quotes about the All Star Game, oh, and God. like you to guess the year. Um, you know, you get a. a Going for a low score, but a point for uh, every year that you are off with your guests. This is why I didn't want to hear you talk, because I hate talking about <laughs> You hate talking about what? I hate talking about the All-Star game. Okay. No, we're going to get it, though. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm being facetious. I know that we, we are contractually obligated to talk about it, since I want to say every single NBA podcast in the history of podcasts who are doing it right now have had this discussion, but no, this is more fun than the average, how we can fix it. So let's do it. That That's exactly what I'm aiming for here is we got to do it. We're going to do it. So we'll do it and have fun. And that's uh so we first quote is this. The commissioner put away the rose colored glasses that have been part of his repertoire in recent years and said, the league has problems that need to be dealt with immediately. He has always acknowledged the problems, but he has been optimistic about solving them. In his State of the NBA address Saturday night, he said he is still confident the league will find the answers, but realize they won't be easy ones. That sounds like older. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Maybe like I'm gonna a... go with nineteen. I'm gonna go with nineteen eighty-seven. I will say nineteen. Nineteen. Actually, no. I'm going to go a little bit later than that. I'm going to go 2002. All right. James is much closer. It was 1982. So five for you and Ace with a quick 20. Uh, Another detail on this from 1982. (laughs) At Brendan Byrne Arena. uh, It was a... No, wait. A sellout crowd of 20,149 seemed to enjoy the San Diego chicken. As much as it did the game. But it was the other bird, Larry, who was voted the most valuable player. And there was also and a ton problems, of cocaine back then. So Yeah, the problems that the league was facing uh, at the time, not not just cocaine, but uh, half the teams in the league seemed ready to move or fold, uh, including you know, the Clippers, the Kings. Um, there was talk of merging the Nuggets and Jazz, which I did not know was a, a thing that had been contemplated. So that'd be uh, pretty cool. Things picked up. Things, things picked up. Next quote in the NBA all-star game this year, which some raved about as the showcase for the league's power players. There were 72 assists. No, why? No one plays defense. One player brings it up the court then throws it under the basket where the offensive player is allowed to put it in with almost no resistance. That feels like a really like general boilerplate description, which makes me mm-hmm. feel like it's really old. Mm. <laughs> like origins of the All Star Game, old. It make, it, I feel like whoever was writing that, they talked like this, see? Yeah. So yeah. yeah like, old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did. 
<laughs> Bill Russell scores again. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, they were, they were doing the old fast talking kind of. Yeah, they have like a it cigar hanging out the side of the round. James, I'm, I'm gonna, see, I'm I knew it. That. It's from the Boston Globe. I what get Ace your guess first this time. Um, uh, I'm gonna have to go with like the uh the '60s. I I would say maybe like 19. 19- 62 just random um, random year that was that was bob ryan in 1978 it was will mcdonough in 2000 oh wow what wow <laughs> why were they saying that why <laughs> why did they say it like that because will mcdonough was he was that old um yeah so 38. That's, definitely an old, uh, that, that's an old man shaking his fist at the clouds type tweet, type, uh, type, uh, not even tweet, I guess, write up. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, James, cool. you're, you're closer on that one. Uh, it's a 2 0. Uh, not going to try to do the addition on the years here, but get this, uh, this next one is <laughs> a, a simple, simple quote. It's from an Associated Press story. Um, in the NBA All-Star Game, there's little defense and a lot of acrobatic showmanship. Hmm. Follow-up quote to this is from a player. They involve all the dunking and stuff. We come out, we play defense, we have fun. We shoot our jump shots, get layups, get up and down, the way the game is meant to be played. Okay. That sounds like some Clyde Drexler or maybe even Dr. J. So I'm going to go with 88. Um, I was leaning that way too. The other direction, which is what I will vote for. I was going to say maybe like 2011. Ace, you're on the board. Much closer. That was 2014. The player quoted Tamika Catchings saying that we played the game the way it's meant to be played. It was in a story about Phoenix being awarded the WNBA All-Star Game. Nice. She was comparing the WNBA All-Star Game to the NBA. Okay. Uh, All right. A couple more. A little entertainment for the fans. That's what it's all about. That the whole quote? That is the whole quote. A little Shit. entertainment for the fans. <laughs> That's what it's all about. That also sounds like an old timey, like just quick radio hit. This is from a player. Like a... Mm. Oh, okay. Mm. Entertainment for the fans. That's what it's all about. See? Right. Mm-hmm. Talking into like a really big microphone. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go back and say 1972. 95. Uh, 95 is closer to 1988. Uh, This was Michael Jordan's Mm -hmm. reaction after he scored 40 points with eight rebounds, four steals, and four blocks uh, to win unanimous MVP after he also won the dunk contest. 
Um, so I think that what we've seen is that everybody's complaint about the all-star game um, every year from here until eternity is that Michael Jordan should be playing in the all-star game and doing Michael Jordan things all the time. And there's only one Michael Jordan. And I think LeBron James is a better, I will, you know, we can, we have all the time in the world for LeBron versus MJ and, and cause that's going to whatever. Everybody wants the Michael Jordan that they saw in 1988. That's what we want from the dunk contest. That's what we want from the all-star game. We want the best doing their best and not everybody is built that way, that competitive. Now, you could get LeBron to go 40 points, eight boards, four steals, and four blocks if you said, LeBron, you get $5 if you win this game. Because LeBron James, with any amount of money on the line, like that's the end season tournament. That's what we saw. Million bucks. It's enough to get him out of bed. I, my only pushback, I also think the end season, because like the game did matter for the records, right? For the most part. And then I think there was a little extra oomph for LeBron and those guys. He has it on his resume, first ever IST winner. Mm-hmm. So next year, I think next year, I don't think it'll be quite the same, right? Because now it's year two. Now it's gonna be now it's gonna start becoming routine. So I think teams are gonna maybe after seeing the way the Los Angeles Lakers kind of tailed off afterwards, right? All the effort they put in, and then the next maybe month and a half after that was pretty, you know. I think we're gonna see a different take on the IST from here on out. So yes, I agree. On one hand, NBA players are insanely competitive. They, you put something on the line and you might up the stakes. Also, though, I'll say this. All-Star game, eight days off. These guys are they're already exhausted from the season. ISTs two months prior, three months prior. They just want a break. So I don't know how to incentivize um, anything because they, just, they want a break. They want to go hang out with their friends, run around, get some cardio, throw some lobs. I don't think they really care. I, and it, I don't blame them. This is why this is why I stay on it. I don't care either. It's an all-star game. I don't care. I, I do want to be serious for a second. They they should be getting paid to show up. Like it is the days of it's it's an honor just to go there. No, you're being asked to go and perform. And you should be compensated for those efforts as an NBA superstar to go spend your time off that would otherwise be time off. In freaking Indianapolis. But don't a lot of players get all-star bonuses in their contracts? They do. Right? Yeah. And not yeah. just that. Like, then their, ne- their next contract, if you make an all-star game, you're, you get you can get extra money. So, uh, and also, I guess my thing is, like, sh- it's almost like um, mandatory fun. You guys work at corporations where they're like, hey, we're having mandatory fun. You got to come this party in the afternoon. But, like, in this case, you're advancing your brand. So, I hear you about getting paid. And, yes, I, I'm 100% all, always pro-labor. But I mean, I'm pretty sure if, if LeBron went to All Star game, they want to play. He could just tell the coach, "I'm gonna, I don't want to play. I'm gonna play one minute. I'm gonna go." I get it. They still got to do media and all that. I don't know. I don't know if LeBron only plays one minute. We're all, we're all gonna have the conversation about oh, should LeBron have given his spot to somebody else? Should he really have even? One hundred percent, absolutely, absolutely. But my point is, like, I it, it almost I think for a lot of these players too, it raises their Q, their Q rating, right? There's some players that, you know, up and coming players, now they're all stars. They have the sneakers, they'll get they'll get an extra FaceTime. 
So I get it. And I hate to be that person. Well, your pay is an exposure. But in this case, for the All-Star game, it kind of is what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and Anthony Edwards should be motivated to not act foolish by simply. You should be motivated to not act foolish and, and make an ass of yourself. Like, yeah, I don't know what what he was trying to gain from like going wrong yeah yeah like it's like showing up at the dunk contest with shitty dunks like hey hey cut it out either either participate leave my boy boy Jalen out of this leave at least he tried Jalen actually he's just not a good hey hey he jumped over somebody who is my height (laughs) who was already sitting in a chair now, don't get me wrong. Can I do that? No. I would die yeah, honestly, if I tried to jump you, that high. No, you probably could. <laughs> Look, like I, that kid, that kid Casey not sitting down is like one one foot. What, hey, what did Shannon Sharp said? He's three foot tall, so sitting down, he's one foot six or something. Yeah. So. Literally just jumped over like a ruler. But yeah. I do respect the fact that he, he, you know, he participated. Like he was the reason why I even tuned into that contest in the first place. Because mm-hmm. I was like, cool. This is going to be interesting to see, like, uh, you know, no offense to the other participants, but like a legitimate superstar in the league participate in this event for the first time since, like, from I what I can remember, like, Aaron Gordon and Zach yeah. Levine, like, putting on an absolute goddamn show when they were participating. Um, I was disappointed, but I think that's more just by nature of, like, I think I've seen all the dunks that I've seen or need to see in my life. <laughs> and maybe it's not for me anymore. It could just be for like a younger audience now. I really don't know. But younger I thought audience. it was still dope. I don't know. Younger kids. Kids watching You're it. You're young. I am young. But just like younger. <laughs> I, I will say. You know. um, someone made a really good point. You know those guys who do the dunks between quarters and stuff. Off the trampolines. Mm. And the professional mm-hmm. dunkers. They have all day to practice on dunks. And, like, NBA players, we want them to work their skills. And, look, Jalen did not do a good job. I think Jalen, like you said, did not come prepared. All right? I think he, I don't know what he thought he was doing. Those, those dunks weren't very good. His heart might have been in the right place, but he didn't work at it. And that's the thing, though. I think the best dunkers really work at it. You know what I mean? Either yeah. you're a super freak athlete, you know, and even then you still have to really work at it. Like, those things that Zach Levine did, um, those guys work at it. And they put time in. And so – is it, is it really fair of us to ask the very best of the best NBA players to also start putting hours into dunks? I don't think so. You know what yeah. I mean? But that, like, I, I have no problem. Like, um, Aaron Gordon's not a superstar, but he's a great dunker, right? And so mm-hmm. I wish more guys like his level would even get involved. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what I liked about Obi Toppin participating a few years ago. So I'm like, that's like, he's known, or he was known at least on the Knicks and even on the Pacers now for just incredible dunker such a good dunker um even his brother and jacob toppin i think he probably should have maybe advanced in that one but another great dunker they both are just incredible at that would love to see like you said yeah gerald green was crazy you know yeah it's crazy because i almost every team probably has one insane athlete who can dunk his dunk his butt off and for some reason you know, they're bringing up Matt McClung from the G League. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what yeah. I'm 
like why are why have those guys stopped going to the All Star game? Like, there's still got to be a bunch of Desmond Masons and Jason Richardsons in this league. Yeah, they win money for that too, right? I, I, my only thing I think of is again, oh, yeah. eight days off in the middle of the season, right? Eight days off in the middle of the season sounds like heaven for these guys. They can go on a little vacation, they can rest their bodies, they don't have to do anything but just have eight days off. You know, the season's, the season's a grind. We all get it. We watch it. We know it's a grind. You know, so I, I at one hand, I'm with us. I'm a fan, so I want to see the – but I can also see from a, a player's perspective, I'm making five – I'm making $1.3 million a year. I, I I get eight days off, and then we're in a stretch run, and I'm going to get 10 minutes – I might get 10 minutes a game down the stretch. I want my body to be healthy. I don't need that kind of stress. So, I don't know. Yeah. I will say – the one Celtic who I ever thought was cool was D Brown. That's not true. There have been others, but like growing up. No, I got you. No, because D Brown put on the show. Like, yeah, the, the pumping up the pumps, the blind, the yeah. That was, it, he did a great job, and but like you said earlier, almost every dunk you could think of has been already already been done. Like A said, right? Yeah, we definitely yeah. we're definitely desensitized to it now. Where I, like it would take some ungodly thing for us to be like, oh, that's a good dunk. I think that's that's the thing is with this, the way that the dunk contest is judged and the way that it's been built up, it's always been like about advancing the form of the dunk. And sometimes you are at a point where there is nobody there. Like, unless Wemby comes out and starts throwing down, and I would love to see it. I would love to see him enter the dunk contest to see, like, what kind of freak shit he can do. Like, we've seen all the dunks. Let it just be a contest of, Who's the best dunker of NBA rotation players? Let yeah. it be a nice a nice reward. Like everybody has one day at their practice before the All-Star break where they have like their own team dunk contest and they nominate the dunkers. Not every team has to send somebody, obviously. Like if your team doesn't have that dude, fine. But we can find eight dudes that can dunk. Go have a contest. See who the best dunker is. I'd love to see Obi Toppin. I thought, I, I want to go back to this. That was the funniest part. Like, funnier than, like, Jalen Brown doing his miserable dunks was Nick's Twitter <laughs> freaking out, like, Jacob Toppin's getting rubbed. What does Jacob Toppin have to do to get a score here? Like, I love them. The way They're that funny. Jacob Toppin was going to get in was if Mac McClung hurt himself like that was it yeah that was always gonna be <laughs> Mac McClung against Jalen Brown in the final what are you talking about that's next sweater I, I really wish that they would get in maybe some new judges too because these judges now these old heads they they do come off like old heads and their their scoring makes no sense I wish to get some I don't know maybe maybe even some young college kids like college players high level college players to come watch or maybe like the you know uh, the guys from the the um, the rookie game, what do they call it now? The Rising Stars games. Have a couple yeah. of those yeah. guys or something. Yeah, get some That'd get some guys who are going to just be enthusiastic in there and they, they want to see it. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I don't Kenny Smith and whoever else. I'm tired of hearing those guys. That brings us to Kenny Smith. Okay. Exactly. Yes, and the things that that man had to say about the best part of All Star Weekend, which was. Sabrina versus Steph. Sabrina hits as many threes as 
all the dudes who made the fucking finals of the three-point contest in their first round, mm-hmm. Steph comes out and is literally Steph Curry. I th- It was like everybody won here. It was great for everyone involved. And then Kenny Smith had to open his mouth. Yeah. it's It was just like... It felt very surreal that he even like felt the need to like make a comment or just the multiple comments that he made immediately after the competition ended. Like there were so many other directions that he could have gone in. Like let's talk about her performance at the three-point contest during the mm-hmm. WNBA All-Star weekend. Let's do a callback to that. Let's talk about their relationship, Sabrina and Steph's relationship with her developing as a professional player and with him as a mentor, like there's so many different things he could have talked about. And the very first thing that I heard that I then turned off the television was that's why the men have the men's league and the women have the women's league. How did you just see that and then come to that conclusion and then keep talking? (laughs) Like there was like so much cognitive dissonance and it felt like he was already prepared to say something like that regardless of the result like no matter what would have happened he would have said some stupid shit like that yeah because he was there to make an excuse about the ball size like it's like if, yeah of if course she, won, she would use she was using a WNBA ball like yeah duh why wouldn't she use the ball that she uses in her everyday life as a professional basketball player why would she suddenly why why wasn't steph using a wnba size ball like they're used to a certain standard they're used to a certain thing why would she switch that up she's already shooting from the from men's you. line yeah like and and quite a few steps back from the well, men's he, line and he was saying <laughs> that she should shoot from the women's line too i was like well no that's not the contest they're having and she knows that why don't you know that yeah, and, and that's and not Ace, where I she respect, shoots from. Yeah, I, I respect you giving him the benefit of the doubt about what he could have said, man. But he could have just shut up. You know what I mean? Just praise her. Hey, Steph, good job. You won. She did great. She had the same score as Dane. And that's what I'm saying about getting new judges and getting new voices sometimes. Because he, he, we know he tried to explain it later. He never apologized. He tried to say, "Oh, people know my track record." But no matter what his intentions are, where they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? that sometimes it's okay just to shut up. Um, I get it. Kenny's from a quote unquote, you know, maybe a different generation. And he didn't realize, maybe he didn't realize what he said. It doesn't matter. The point is like, that was just, it was, it sucked. Cause like you said, it, the moment was great. You know, it was a great moment. It's a great show. It was happy. And you can just shut up sometimes. And I wish Kenny just shut up. All right, I think we all feel like it's good to shut up, but that does not make for good podcasting if we all do it at the same time. So, uh, oh no, we want Kenny to shut up, not me, not me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, did we talk about the South, the Knicks game? Did we talk about Knicks and Celtics? Oh, okay. We, we I don't know if you wanted to do that. We did, we can we can gloss over it to later if you want. Do you want to talk about the Knicks and Celtics? I, I will. Play again in April. Yeah, let's be I honest with it. Okay, I can't, I can't, I can't brag too much. Um, this is like if, I don't know, a kid gets – a bigger kid beats up a kid his age, but his older brother's not there. Julius Randle wasn't there. OG wasn't there. It's a whole different ball game, right? So this – of course, I want Boston to stack their wins. I think right now they're eight games ahead of anybody in the in the East, which is insane. Yep. 
Um, they have one of the best net, they have the best net rating of all time right now for the end of the day, but that's fine. But um, no, it, it was, you know, hey, look, I, I respect how Jalen Brunson. Bogey's going to be good for you guys. Even if he wasn't good the other night. Um, Alex Burke is, Alex Burke's going to be good at one point, even though he wasn't good the other night. And just, yeah, you just didn't have the firepower. And Boston right now, rested, healthy. They're going to be a load for anybody to handle regular season. So good win, but I can't brag. No Julius Randle and no OG, uh, no, no Ananobi. So I want to see you guys full strength. Word. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Same. And I, <laughs> I, I, Ace, I'll, I'll ask you because I know how I feel and and it's not optimistic right now. Maybe it's just that it's the end of February and oh, you feel right. a little bit still nothing. down about it. Like, uh, I'm a little bit worried about the Knicks actually getting healthy. About Julius? Yeah. About, Julius, I, about OG? Like, that with OG. Those are tricky too. Yeah. Which with OG, bet. like. He seemed surprised that a reporter even asked him the other day, like, you're coming back. Like, when do you expect to? He's like, yeah, I'm definitely coming back. Like, that's not – it didn't seem like there was a question. Like, it seemed mm-hmm. like he is fully of the mentality. I think I saw recently that Woj uh, – I don't know if it was, like, during halftime or before yesterday's game. He said that they're going to reevaluate OG at the end of this week. If he's good to go, he's going to start – on court like activities so that's awesome and i haven't heard of any like setbacks julius is the one where i'm like i really don't know (laughs) because i can see him wanting to play through it um like he tried to do in the postseason last year but i hated that he did that because he was just a shell of himself in that Miami series, like he was just zero impact on both ends of the floor. He cannot bang in the post, which is his specialty. If he needs surgery on his shoulder, like that's just not possible. Um, but he's not going to get it. I know he's not going to get it. He's going to wait until after the season's over to do that. He is my biggest question mark when it comes to health. Um, I know he's been shooting, he still has to take contact or start taking contact on his shoulder. And then from there, they'll figure out like where he's at. I definitely do feel a little bit more pessimistic than I think other uh, fans of the team when it comes to Randall. OG, I think is fine. Randall, I'm not so sure. I keep flashing back to when Randall got hurt and it's because I'm, coming off shoulder surgery and you know, mm. it's taken me four months to get to, Oof. I think I might be able to shoot a basketball pretty soon. Um, yeah, it's what, what I saw and, you know, I tore my rotator cuff. It's a totally different thing than what, what he's going through. So, you know, obviously, and he's in way better shape than NBA player, but where I, where he grabbed like by his side, yeah, that is just such it's a part of like shoulder recovery that I didn't even know about. And that like the muscles underneath the armpit, like how they work with the shoulder and like how fucking painful that is and how difficult it is to work on. And yeah, I can't imagine like taking contact and, and playing a pickup game even, let alone NBA action. Um, yeah. So I'm 
I, I'm thinking that, like, yeah, if we see him, we might not see him at full strength, and that might be even worse. Because yeah. you can learn yeah. how to play without him. Like, yeah. if you have OG and you have Hartenstein and God willing, like, maybe Mitchell Robinson. I don't know. Yeah. With Mitch, I'm definitely more optimistic that he'll come back because not to say, like, oh, it's just an ankle, but, like, it, you know, he got surgery quite a while ago. I think maybe towards more the start of the season. He's been rehabbing it. Yeah. He hasn't even really been doing anything basketball-related until very recently. I think I feel more optimistic about him coming back um, and being, like, close to 100% for the postseason. Um, the one thing that has been, like, a blessing is that this trade ended up being the precious Achua trade because <laughs> he oh, has man. somehow just become, like, the perfect, like, four for this team alongside Jalen Brunson like I don't even know I don't know what he looked like with the Raptors but I know when he got traded a lot of Raptors fans were like you're gonna get like a Jekyll and Hyde situation with him where it's like for two games he's gonna look amazing and then for the like next 10 he's gonna look like he doesn't know what he's doing on the court it's been a pretty decent stretch of games yeah and but he's been consistent (laughs) I think they were just willing to trade him yeah, 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 no, but he's been awesome. And so I do think that if at least OG and Mitch come back, they can definitely make it out of the first round. I don't see the uh, the championship aspirations from more like delusional Knicks fans for this team without Randall on the floor. Definitely not, <laughs> unfortunately. Um. I think you guys saw you saw last year was it last year or two years ago with Malcolm Brogdon in Boston last year that last yes year. a guy playing a, a guy playing injured could be worse than him not playing at all because mm-hmm. Brogdon had a damn elbow he tried to play through it and literally I think he was on the court for like six minutes in that one first half of that and he missed like airballed a couple of shots and they're like they're like minus fifteen in his six minutes he couldn't stop anybody he couldn't make shots he was just useless so. Um, yeah, obviously, and Julius Randle is more important than him. Um, he plays more physically than him. Yeah, man, like he's if it was it his left arm, his left shoulder. Um, that is a good question. I'm actually not sure. Um, which, no, I, mean, I don't know if it was shooting. Um, I don't know if it was his left, but I think it was his right, which I know he uses a lot to like get in right. there. Right, that, that's but, how he, yeah, he, he burrows in the lane, he's cracking guys in their chest plate. Um, like no matter what, if he's not himself and he can't just be himself, he has to think and he has to like, you know, kind of soft shoe around it. He's not going to be any good. Um, so, or he's not, he won't be as effective. You know, there's no point. He's not like, if he could just stay out there and shoot or something, but he's not a shooter. So. Right. um, Yeah. yeah, I'm going to give you guys your, your props to Knicks, man. I think they did a really good job. I think bogey will help a lot, even without Randall. Right. Because. Randall's not a great mm-hmm. defender, but at least he's solid in the, you know, he could be a big body against post-up guys. Right. Bogus not that at all, but I, I think Bogus a good player, so. And, Bogdanovich yeah. is, uh, he's he been good. I mean, he hit all those threes in Philly. Uh, yeah. I'd like to give the, the Celtics their flash or something. I think that, you know, the precious trade uh Puts, puts it in a good light for the Knicks of how well they know to scout for their team and put their team together. Um, boy, the, the Celtics uh, 
after that, an offseason. That off top season. six is deadly, man. That top six yeah. is deadly. And I think there were some questions based on what they did, but, yeah, boy, it, it, it works. It works on the court. And, I mean, there have been more than one team that have shot lights out against the Knicks this year, which is surprising for a Tibbs team. But, wow. Wow. That third quarter was insane. That was the part of the game that I watched because I got home, uh, driving home from Massachusetts. Uh, The third quarter was what I watched, and the fourth quarter was what I did not watch because it was (laughs) unnecessary. Yeah. Again, props. We're going to go back and forth with this nonsense. I'm going to do it. Jalen Brunson, Drew Holiday is supposed to be all-world. He's a great defender. Derek White's a great defender. Tatum is huge, great defender. Jalen Brunson didn't care. Like it's it, it's almost when people say like, oh, this is scripted. You know, we laugh about it, but I'm like, dude, this doesn't even look real. What he's doing, you know what I'm saying? He gets to his spots against anyone. He's hitting pull up threes. I know he's not a big volume three shooter, but against the Celtics, he was hitting pull up threes with guys in his face. The dude's confidence in his heart, like when he starts rolling, you can just see it, and it's it, like. At his peak, there's not a lot of guys you would take in front of him, right? If you say Jalen Brunson would get hot for six minutes, not a lot of guys can, you know, you're, I mean, you're talking about the way Luka looks when he's rolling, the way, you know, I guess the angry LeBron kind of looks. Not at the same level, I've not LeBron, the physicality. But just like he's he's everyone's at his mercy. Other teams are at his mercy. It's it's, it's insane to see because he's, what, 6'1"? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, him in that Pacers game – was Oof. one of the, yeah. the greatest things I've ever seen. Um, best, best performance from him, I think, in a regular season game as a Nick, in my opinion, incredible. was that game. Got punched in the face and still <laughs> helped him close it out. Yep. All right, let's let's uh, let's get away from the Knicks and Celtics for a second. And, um, again, ob- obligation for us as an NBA podcast, we have to talk about the Lakers. Uh because fine i don't know <laughs> uh, they're still in the league and uh, we say lakers and then hopefully people find on the uh, hopefully people find casual diehard on their podcast services by seeing that we talked about the lakers so here we are we'll talk about the lakers uh, who are still in the national basketball association <laughs> and and lost to golden state the other night um in a game where I noticed, I was like, oh, Anthony Davis, 27-15. They're getting smacked. Um, so it made me look up uh, who's had the most games with 25 points and a double-double and a loss because uh, it it just feels to me like that's kind of the AD special. Is like, oh, yeah, AD had you know 28 and 13, and they lost by 10. Um Giannis is the leader this year with 14, which I think speaks to how trash that Milwaukee team has been um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, and yeah, Anthony Davis, uh, 11, second in the league. Jokic and Luka, uh, 10 each. Trey hmm. Young of the uh, Garbage Atlanta Hawks with eight. 
then it's down to five for the next three guys, which is uh, Lori Markin and Tyrese Halliburton and Scotty Barnes. Okay. So am, am I being cruel with Anthony Davis here? He's the active um, non-LeBron leader in this category. No. I, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Ace. No, I was just going to say, like, I just feel like that's been a lot of the Lakers season in a nutshell. I feel like there is always like that big performance from somebody, but they just cannot string together consistently good basketball as a team. But like the individual performances are sometimes really dope. They just are not clicking on like any cylinders whatsoever this year. And like then proceeded to like do nothing at the trade deadline. Uh, But I don't know. Anthony Davis, I feel like has had like a really quietly awesome year. It's just that the team is losing and that's why it's very quiet. So I don't think it's cruel. I think that we've seen with the Lakers, uh, Anthony Davis has proven it. LeBron's proven it. With those two in the right piece around him, you can win a championship. They just did a couple years ago, even though bubble special, whatever. Um, And sure, we all kind of thought they'd be doing something at the trade deadline. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and they've actually been like really good since maybe mid, like early early January. I'll, I'll I'll give the tally here in a second, but they've um yeah they've actually turned it around. They are 18 and 19. They had a good run. On the, yeah. at, at the, on the 7th of January, they're 18 and 19. They are currently 31 and 28. So man, I guess not a great run. I, I I'll take that back then. That's not great. Um, slightly over 500. We know that I think right now, um, yeah, man, they're they're kind of leaky. Uh, they're they're trick or treat with D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves. But so Anthony Davis, your tent poles can be strong, but the tent around you has holes in it. You're going to get leak. You know, you're going to get water all over everything. So they, um, what move could they have made? Sure, we can we can pontificate about that all day. But the, yeah, AD is not the problem. LeBron's not the problem. But I think neither one of those guys right now is to the point where they can just put a, sh- a, a franchise on their back and say, boom, let's go win 50 games. LeBron's too old and Anthony Davis is not like that, you know? So. Yeah. The thing with AD that, that I wonder and like how it is with that guy being the top guy. And I think that at this point he's got to be the top guy for them. Cause LeBron is, you know, when LeBron is there and LeBron is the top guy and LeBron is like on full playoff force, like, yeah, he's the number one guy and you can win that way. I don't, can you win with Anthony Davis as the top dude? Kind of feels like going back to like what we talked about at the start of the pod, which is about Embiid and his ability to kind of put the entire Philly franchise on his back and try to lead them to anywhere past the second round like he is amazing and probably one of the best big men to do it in like the last few years last decade but yeah no that like the Lakers just have not complimented those two since the championship run at all and it has been very weird to watch them try to give the keys to anybody 
like Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell and the other assortment of players that they have on the team. And yeah, I just don't think that it's fair <laughs> to say that he should be able to do it with that roster and just the way the team is constructed. It just doesn't make any sense. I also feel that um, Anthony Davis' personality is just not really that guy. You know what I mean? His talent level, when he's when he's on and rolling, he's unstoppable. He's hitting jumpers. Still needs somebody to get him the ball. So he needs a, a really strong point guard. And I just don't feel like, even if, let's say, LeBron is out for a month, is he that guy that he's going to say, all right, I'm going to go score 35 a night? You know what I mean? He just – I think LeBron's keep, you know, they talk about it. We're kind of waiting for him to take up and like really take the mantle. I just don't know if that's who he is. You know what I mean? I think he's always going to need a player at least comparable, if not better than him, a ball handler. Like imagine him with a guy like um, Anthony Edwards. I think that'd be great. Right. Anthony Edwards has that mentality. Mm -hmm. He wants the last shot. He wants to dominate. And then, you you know, then Anthony Edwards can just kind of do his thing as a second banana. I think we're, we're seeing he's like the ultimate second banana. I was going to ask you, is Anthony Davis just a fancier Carl Anthony Towns? Oh, that's, that's almost insulting. <laughs> almost. Because, because, well, no, because Carl Anthony Towns runs like he has uh, he has bedpans on his feet, you know? He's just such an awkward, just kind of a, a an oaf. Every time I see him, he's flopping around out there. I'm like, how is he doing this? But he can shoot, and he'll get his buckets. But um, so yeah. He scored fifty in the All Star <laughs> game, and it's an insult to say that he's be- that you're better than him. I love it. Well, because like, look, he, he had what he have? Did he have sixty the other night? And they lost or something? A big game yep. for the Timberwolves, yeah. and they were like, his his coach was like, yeah, it's immature, dude. Like, let's play ball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He's one of those players, dude. I I see the talent. I'm just so glad I don't have to cheer for him. I'm so glad because he's his game is so ugly to me. Um, so. Uh, but like AD I, is on that quadrant, he's like on that I part give, of the spectrum. I give AD the difference is because of the defense, right? AD is really a yeah. game changer defender, and that makes a difference. And then mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, a lot of the he doesn't have the same amount of fat on the game. Carl Anthony plays a lot of fat on the game, where fat on his mm-hmm. game, where he'll just do a lot, like he'll have three or four or five possessions where you're like, what the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? Every game, probably six or seven, and then he'll have you know have a nice stretch, whatever. But you know, AD kind of just does his thing. So, but uh, that's that's you gave him something to think about. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. I'm gonna get Lakers fans in your mentions by tweeting that. All right. Well, we look forward to the Lakers fans responding. And if you if you subscribe to Casual Diehard, I will I will respond right back with you. Subscribe to this show, uh, rate us and review us and. Uh, give us all the stars and the thumbs ups and all that, but we we are not quite done here. Um, so I wanted to talk to you guys about Steve Kerr getting That's this extension. I knew I knew we we're going to go to the Warriors. I got to give them their props too. This show sucks. Today. I got to give. I'd be nice to all these fucking sorry ass teams. Um, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Now you you, you if give the flowers because I. Personally, uh, what I put in our uh, at the end of our uh, notes for getting ready for the show was Toto Wolf vibes, which is this could wind up being uh, a tremendous mistake. Our next podcast will be an auto racing podcast, and my feeling here is that Steve Kerr is tied at Golden State with a Lewis Hamilton figure 
in Steph Curry. They've had so much success together and trying to, and I think that, you know, that, that title that they won, um, in 21, you know, you wouldn't trade a title for anything, of course, but it made them think that the future was a little bit more secure than it actually was. And now you've got, is Steve Kerr actually going to be the guy to coach the, the team that's going to be there during the extension? Or is this going to end badly? Like most things end badly. Well, um, they were 18 and 22 terrible loss to the Grizzlies on the 15th of January. They had the, the, the low point of their season was obviously, uh, you know, condolences to them and their fan base, the coach passing. Um, well, they're 10, they were 10 and four coming into the night since then. 10 and five. Now they just lost to the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets kind of throttled them in the end, but they've strung together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No. Hey, but they've, they've strung together a really good stretch. Um, they, I think Kerr finally realized you got to play Kaminga a lot because he's, he's awesome. It's weird. It took him half a season to realize that, but whatever. Um, so I guess most importantly, I guess Curry came out and like, you know, he wanted this is the only coach you wanted to play for. And if that's the Steph Curry says, he's your franchise. That's what you do. So now they're married up, right? Next two years, they're, you know, two-year extension, two years on Steph's contract. Steph will probably be back. Cool. And Curry might be back too. It's all about how they retool in the next two years. But, um, they're definitely a flawed team. They're not as bad as they looked early in the season. They're not. I still don't think they're contenders. And that's where it comes down to, though, because that's all they talk about. We're not here. We're here to win champions. I don't think they're championship contenders. If they put that together this year, best coaching job. Yeah, the cops are coming for me for saying this. Um, the best coaching <laughs> job of, of Curry's career. I mean, of uh, Curry's career and incredible performance by that core. If they can somehow even reach the finals this year, Everything I've thought about them this year is up in smoke. I don't think they will, but they're they're like the zombie team, man. Because every time I, I try to throw dirt and think they're done, it's like it's almost like uh, LeBron's career. Every time I think, oh, he's got to, he's gonna have to wrap up sooner or later. He keeps chugging along. So, fuck the Warriors and congrats to the Warriors. They they seem to pull their heads out of their butt. <laughs> yeah. I. I yeah. <laughs> right, last last thing before we go. Uh, since we can look forward to this as we head towards March and the stretch run of the NBA regular season, who is the league more likely to um, give a... Uh, I don't remember. I've, I've already scrubbed the ex-cop ref's name from my mind who called that foul on Jalen Brunson. Ex-cop. No, oh, no. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That was not Tim Donnie, that was, but that was bogus. That <laughs> that call was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my fucking life, dude. <laughs> the the Lakers or the Warriors getting that treatment? Uh, if as when it comes down to it, getting called for them or getting called against them? Oh, getting it called for them. Oh, I think the Lakers. I say the Lakers too. I think it's funny because you know I think Draymond doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. Um, I don't think Kerry gets. I don't think Curry gets a bad whistle. But why do you? Why you tell me? Why Ace? Why do you say Lakers? Just because I feel like with the Warriors, I can't think of anybody that's like. Not that the Lakers foul bait, and I hate that term, but it's like I feel like the Warriors don't have a ton of dudes that 
refs are going to have like the superstar whistle for outside of Steph. Like they're not going to blow that whistle for, for Dre. Like you said, they're not going to blow that whistle for, I don't think Clay Thompson anymore. And then the Warriors are just full of like young dudes after that. So I don't think, and Chris Paul, <laughs> I don't think that they're going to get that whistle that I think the Lakers would probably get. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, that's my only reasoning. I just feel like the Lakers have more like uh, recognizable faces and names on the team that I feel like they would get the benefit of the doubt from like a, a, a crooked, a crooked referee <laughs> in that situation. Yeah. I I say Lakers too, just the same thing. I think LeBron head and shoulders gets, you know, not, not pre- maybe a preferential whistle. We could say it, but I did see Kerr, uh, Curry one day, think he got fouled, fell on the ground, yelled at the ref and the ref called, like he yelled at the ref and the ref made the call. Which was insane to me that Curry did that. But uh, I think I've seen LeBron do that same thing too. Where, um, but um, yeah, probably the Lakers. Uh, you know, I think the numbers show it too, right? They like they outshot their opponent from the foul line like by some egregious amount, and they don't even drive like that much more than the other team. So whatever. Um, yep. They, 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 yeah, they need all the help they can get too. But they're not contenders either. For it. So congratulations to them and uh, condolences to the Oklahoma City Thunder. You play exciting basketball, but you're the Oklahoma City Thunder. Really? Not a fan. Hmm? Not a fan. Not a fan? I'm asking you. Me? Yeah. I don't have a problem with the Thunder. Okay. Just condolences because they're the Thunder. Yeah. No, no. Just because they're going to get screwed. I think they're good. I think that's who, like, the Lakers will eventually be getting the benefit of that crooked whistle. Over. Ah. Uh, oh, that's what you mean. God, that would suck. Well, it's the future of right. Thunder. <laughs> April 2024. This is recorded now, and I understand, but maybe somebody... I. Anyway, um, our show is stuck somewhere in the space-time continuum. Thank you all for listening. That's it. Love you. Bye.